We are looking these evenings at um, the book of James, which is an incredibly practical book. Uh, it's an incredibly practical letter, um, full of wisdom. You know, we spent the last several weeks looking at the wisdom pyramid and how to get wisdom into our lives, if you remember, and to, and to make sure that at the very foundation of that wisdom of our lives is the Word of God, is the Bible, that we build our lives on the Bible and spend time in it and let it, let it imbibe us and let it fill our lives and let it change us and give us wisdom. And, and let's make sure that our wisdom pyramid, yeah, it decreases to the point of social media and internet and some of the other influences in our lives, if you remember looking at that. So Beth read to us at the start of the service this passage that we're going to look at tonight. It's James chapter 1, and it's verses 19 to 27. And I'm going to read it again because I think it just is really good just to let, let these words uh, wash over us, uh, listen to them, listen intently. You know, as, as well as I know, you know that there's, there's listening and there's listening, isn't there? You know that when you're talking to someone and they're not really listening to you, they're kind of half listening to you, they're looking over your shoulder, and, uh, and you can tell they're not listening because you say something, you ask them a question, and they don't, they don't respond at the right moment. They've, they've clocked out. And uh, there's ways to listen to the Bible and to listen intently, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight. So as I read these words, don't clock out and think what you're going to have for supper tonight or anything else, but let the words wash over you and listen intently to them and what God might want to say to us tonight. So this is what it says. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. That's what James says. Take note of this. This is important. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and after looking at themselves go, uh, goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I want to look at just uh, four kind of uh, aspects of this passage tonight, things that James is telling us to do, uh, that this passage is telling us to do, and it's, it's four R's to help us try and rem to try and remember it and to try and put some of it into practice. The first one is to rid yourself of something, rid yourself of anger, to rid yourself of moral filth and evil. The second thing that James tells us to do is to receive, to receive the word of God. 
to accept it humbly, to let, uh, receive the implanted word of God. The third thing that he tells us to do is to research it, to look intently into it. Uh, and the fourth thing that he tells us to do is to react to it, not just to read it and to listen to it, but to act upon it, to do what it says. So we're going to just uh, have a look at some of these thoughts tonight and, and what James is telling us to do and how it applies to us. Look at this first one in, in uh, verses 19 to 21a. Rid yourself of anger and moral filth and evil. The, the, let's read that bit again. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of, take off, it's like a clothing image, take off, take off, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. So the first thing that James says is get rid of some of this stuff. Get rid of the, the moral filth, the evil. Get rid of the anger that's in some of you. And you're, you know, that some, I think he's addressing the fact that, that they were being attacked and they were being maligned and some of them wanted to get their answer back. They were pretty angry about some of the people that were attacking them and some of the things that were being done to them and they wanted to respond in kind. And James said, don't, don't do that. Don't be quick to speak. Don't be quick to get angry. Be slow to do those things. Be quick to listen. Uh, back in the day, we had um, 40 days of the word. Do you remember that? Do you remember a, a number of years ago? We did a campaign in, in the church. Some of you remember it. And we did 40 days of, of studying together and studying the word together. And as part of that 40 days, um, I wrote a daily uh, devotion that uh, we put online and people put comments on it and stuff. And I wrote a devotion for this passage. I wrote a devotion for these verses, for these first couple of verses. So I'm, I'm just going to read you that devotion that I wrote back then because it kind of tells us about what we're supposed to do with, with this passage. Um, so, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Shut up and listen. This is important. We are all good at talking, but not so much at listening. It's really hard to find people that really listen well, that ask intelligent questions, that reflect on what you are saying, and that show genuine interest in others and what they have to say. Try to be one of those people. Someone who isn't always bursting to give their opinion, their remedy, their answer, even before the other person has finished formulating what they have to say. Listen, and listen well. Look the person in the eye. Try to understand what they are really saying, and maybe what they are not saying, but what they mean. Be quick to do this. Be ready to do this. You will be amazed what you can learn when you listen well to people. Be a good listener. Be an interested listener. Be an inquisitive listener. And don't feel that you have to give an opinion on everything. Don't interrupt people mid-flow. Don't be the wise guy that has all the answers. Don't be a bore. 
Show a little conversational humility. Be a little slower to speak. There's something very attractive, very winsome, and very rare about people who are genuinely interested in you. Be one of those people. Shut up and listen. And while we're talking about slowing down, be a little slower in coming to the boil as well. Watch your temper. You don't have to react every time someone cuts you up in traffic. You don't have to shout and gesticulate and come out with those choice words. Don't be so quick to lose your temper. Slow down. A little more grace with your children, more kindness and consideration with your husband or your wife or your colleague. Don't be so quick to believe the worst about others. Stop taking offense. This isn't the way to live as a Christian. It's not pleasing to God. It's not right. Be slow to get angry. My dear brothers and sisters, become a better listener, a more considered conversationalist, a more patient person. This is what God wants. It's a bit like a dance, really. Quick, slow, slow. Quick, slow, slow. We need to keep learning these dance steps, these rhythms of grace. That was a little reflection on on those verses, and that's what James is telling us to do, to shut up and listen. Anger does not, he says, anger in us does not produce the righteous kind of life that God wants us to live. It's not fitting for us. It's a bad fit, James says. Take it off. I read in the paper today of a guy in Florida who was in the uh, cinema. He was a retired policeman. He's in his 60s. He spoke to this guy who was on his phone. He was texting in the cinema. And the man said to him, put your phone down and stop texting. So the guy turned around. He's in his 40s. He said, what's it got to do with you? I'm texting my babysitter. He kind of butt out. So this guy gets up and he walks out and he complains to the cinema uh, people that this guy is texting on his phone. So he comes back in and the argument continues. The guy flicks some popcorn at this old guy. So he takes out a gun and he shoots him dead in the cinema over a text message. Jesus said, didn't he? He said, when we have anger in our heart, it's like murdering your brother. It's like when, we, when anger is unrestrained and uh, takes root in our lives and is lived out, it causes unconscionable damage, unquestionable hurt. This guy today actually got acquitted of shooting this guy dead, only in America, um, over some popcorn. Uh, but um, he said, I, reg- I regret it to this day. I've, you know, there's two families here ruined, a dead man uh, lying there because of anger, unrestrained anger. And Jesus equ- equated anger uh, to, to murder and, uh, and said that actually it's a, it's a linear, it's, it's a line that one leads to the other and is something that happens in our hearts. And James is challenging us on this. He said, get rid of some of this stuff. Take it off. It's not fitting for you as a Christian. So, you know, when you're tempted to fire off that angry email or respond on social media or, or shout at somebody in the car or, or give it to your wife or your husband and, and let them have, you know, the full barrel or, or whatever it is, just be slow to anger, James says. Be quick to listen. Be, be, be quick <laughs> Be quick to listen, but be slow to speak and slow to anger. 
And later on, he actually says, keep a, rain, keep a tight rein on your, on your tongue. And it's an image of, a, of riding a horse, isn't it? Keep a tight rein on, on your tongue, James says, to, to nail it down. I, I'm not a big horse rider, but I, uh, Isaac and I went horse riding in Yorkshire last year. And um, we, we sat on these horses and, you know, we felt a bit like cowboys and uh, riding along. And, um, but my, my horse kept rearing off to the left because he wanted to eat. He wanted to eat what was at the side of the road. So if, if I didn't keep a tight rein on this horse, this horse was taking me over there. It was taking me off the road. So the, the people that were leading, this, you know, I had to keep a, tight, keep a tight rein on, you control the horse, don't let the horse control you. And uh, you control your tongue, don't let your tongue control you. You control your anger, don't let your anger control you. Keep a tight rein on it. Um, and that's what James is saying here. So first thing he's saying to us is, is get rid of this stuff. Take it off. It's not fitting. It's, it doesn't lead to the kind of life that God wants us to live. The second thing that he says is he says, receive the word of God. We read, if you go back in James 1, you go back to verse 18, just before this passage, it says, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he has created. So we were born again through the word of truth. As the word of God came into our lives, as the gospel of Christ was preached to us, we were born into the kingdom of God, produced fruit. We were kind of a first fruits. We, that happened through the word of God that was received by us. And then here, James is saying then, in verse 21, he says, receive with meekness the implanted word. Humbly accept the word planted in you, another version says. Humbly accept it. Receive the word of God uh, with meekness. For uh, Peter says, in 1 Peter 1, 23, he says, you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Through the seed of the word of God, you have been born again. That's what James says in 1.18. That's what Peter says. You've been born again, not, not through this perishable seed, but through an imperishable seed, which is the word of God. And here James is saying, humbly accept, meekly receive the implanted word of God. In Thessalonians, Paul says, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, he says, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in those of us who believe. Now, there is a way to receive the word of God. That's what James is saying. Receive it humbly. Receive it meekly. The word that is used there for receive is the Greek word dexatsta. And it actually means to welcome. Have you ever been to anyone's house when, uh, and you felt really, really welcomed? You know, they have, they've laid the table beautifully. They've put out the candles, lovely napkins, flowers. Um, they welcome you so warmly when you come in the door. Come in. Our house is your house. It's so good to see you. They have prepared a sumptuous meal for you. You feel so welcome. You, they are so, I'm so glad to see you. You feel their warmth as you come in the door. Have you ever been somewhere like that where you just feel so welcomed? 
And have you ever been somewhere where you feel really unwelcome, like they don't want you there? I went once, I can't name names, it was up north, it was in the grim north, and I, we were invited back to someone's house, and what happened was that the man had invited all these people back to the house, it was after church, and um, so all these people turned up at this house, but the wife had not been consulted. <laughs> Everybody, come back, come and join us. I mean, that would never happen in our households, would it? Um, but come and join us, everybody. And um, so we, we, all, we all turn up at this place, and um, we hear these whispered hissing noises from the kitchen as the wife and the husband are having a full-on blazing row because she's like, she doesn't want us there, and uh, he's invited us. We all felt as welcome as a proverbial pork chop at a Jewish wedding. Uh, we just did not feel very welcome at all. We felt really unwelcome. We felt so unwelcome. And sometimes you go somewhere and you can tell, you can tell they don't really want us here. This is kind of, you know, we're going through the motions. There's such a contrast. And the word that, 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 um, that James uses here is a Greek word to welcome. Welcome the word of God into your life. Receive it meekly and humbly. Uh, welcome it into your home, into your house. Let it dwell in you richly. Isn't that what Paul said to the Colossians in Colossians 3.16? He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God, let it dwell with you. Welcome the word of God. Receive it humbly. This reminds me of um, this where it says, in the implanted word of God it's, it's the seed of, of God's word that we are to receive with humility, with meekness. It reminds me of what Jesus was talking about in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, where, where Jesus said a sower came and he threw seed onto the soil, and some soil was really good soil. It was soft, it was nutritious, and it received the seed, and it produced fruit, uh, and, and, it re- and, and that was successful. But he said that some seed fell on, on hard ground, on, on uh, ground with, with stubble and with rocks. And, and even though it, it sprung up initially, it, it didn't take root and it died. And sometimes the birds came and stole the seed away. And the disciples were like, what, what are you talking about, Jesus? And Jesus said, this is the word of God. And, and, the, and the seed is the word that is sown. And, and the soil is the heart of people's lives. And, and some people receive the word and receive it and produce fruit in their lives, but others don't. So tonight, I could be speaking this message, and I could be throwing out the seed of God's word into the soil of people's hearts. There could be a row of people here tonight, and some soil is good soil, and some soil is hard soil. It's the same word of God. It's the same seed, but it is not received. It is not welcomed. It is not received humbly. When you come to church on a Sunday night or when you open your Bible, is it like, oh, I've got to read my Bible. Um, I've got to tick off my reading thing. Uh, is, is it kind of just reading words? Or, or is it what Paul said? You know, these are, these, are, these are the very oracles of God. This is God-breathed. This has got the breath of God in it. This is, as, as, as the writer of the Hebrews says, this is living and active. This can change my life. So when I come and I open the Bible, I say, God, by your Holy Spirit, speak to me, Lord. I come with the attitude of Samuel and say, speak, Lord, because 
Your servant is listening. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch my heart and my life with your living word. I, I, when I come to church and I'm listening to a preacher or I, you know, do I, do I come, am I on my phone, am I on Facebook, am I chatting to my mates, am I, oh, do you know, I wonder how long he's going to talk tonight or what am I for tea tonight or, or is, do, we, do we humbly accept, meekly receive the word of God which is implanted in us? That's what James is challenging us to do because that will, it will change us, it will transform us. And, and, uh, and, and we've got to receive it in that way. And because James says it can save you. It can save you. But he then tells us how to receive it. We've got to receive it with humility. But also we've, we've got to research it. We've got to look intently into it. Let's, let's look at verse 25. Um, it, James then says, look intently to the, into the law and continue to do this. But if you look intently... Um, he says, into the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So it's, it's looking intently into the perfect law. It's, it's researching it. It's, it's meditating on it. The, the French mystic, Madame Guillon, said that praying scripture is not judged by how much you read, but by the way in which you read. If you read quickly, it will benefit you little. You will be like the bee that merely skims the surface of the flower. Instead, in this new way of reading with prayer, you must become as the bee that penetrates into the depth of the flower. You plunge deeply within to remove its deepest nectar. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not... <laughs> walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or walk in, or walk in the way of sinners. Stand in, uh, blessed is the man who does not stand, walk, sit. Is it walk, stand, sit? In the way of sinners, stand in the way of mockers. Sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law he meditates day and night. It's like a tree that's planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Look intently into it. Intently, purposefully, and continuously. Continues in it, James says. If, if you look at this and you continue in it, then uh, it will change you. Uh, for about several months, Jenny and I did these morning devotions in the Psalms. And and Jenny said to me many times, she said, I've, I've never been so impacted by the word of God, just by, by meditating on it so intentionally and so purposefully and so continually, continue in it. Uh, don't just skim it, but go back to it and, and chew on it and meditate on it. So James is saying that we've got to receive, receive the word with humility and with hunger and intentionality. We've got to research it. We've got to look intently into it uh, and continually do that. But then he says, you've got to react to it. You've got to actually do what it says. But don't just listen, he says. He says in verse 22, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are just fooling yourselves. <laughs> You're fooling yourselves. Don't fool yourselves. Letting the word, the message version says, letting the word go in one ear and out the other. 
Hearing it, out the other. And not actually doing what it says. You know, any of you watch location, location, location? If you're buying a house, they say location is important. And uh, that's why it's one of the most important things when you're buying a house. Location, location, location. Well, one of the most important things when reading the Bible is application, application, application. Am I going to do what it says? There are many professional Christians who have big Bibles, who listen to Bible study after Bible study after Bible study after Bible study after sermon after podcast after the best speakers in America, the best speakers on the internet, and they listen and they listen and they listen and they listen. Professional Christians. And sometimes we don't need to know more. (laughs) We don't. We need to do what we know. (laughs) We need to live it out, what we already know. Sometimes I think we move on too fast. I think we preach on something, and then we move on to the next subject, and the next subject, I think we haven't even got that bit yet. We're not even doing what it says. And and James says, you're deceiving yourselves if you do that. What's the point? Sometimes I think we flip from subject to subject to subject, and we're not really living it out. That's called functional atheism. (laughs) We act as though we believe it, but we don't really believe it because we don't do it. We don't do what it says. We don't put it into practice. And he says, if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, and then you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. (laughs) How do you look in the mirror? I wanted to to pay back, actually, what I wanted to do, but I never got around to it, and they were away. I wanted to get Rachel back for her little art trick the other Sunday night when she made us all paint pictures. Uh, I wanted to get Rachel up here, and somebody else. I wanted to get a couple of people who are good at art, and I wanted them to do self-portraits. But I wanted one of them to sit in front of a mirror and stay there and paint themselves. And then I wanted another person, perhaps a good artist, but just have a quick glance at themselves in the mirror, and then put the mirror away, and then paint themselves. I would have liked to see those two self-portraits. And James says, um, when you read the Bible, you, you flit over it like that bee, you don't take it in and you don't actually do what it says, then you're like somebody who looks in a mirror, but you've forgotten what you've seen and you're not being changed by it. Have you ever gone through, have you ever gone through the day and you've kind of, you know, you've got some tomato ketchup on your chin or a bit of egg from breakfast or, um, and somebody's like, um, you need to, uh, you know, if you have a good look in the mirror and you, and you see what's there and you and the reflection, if you're putting on your makeup or having a shave or whatever you you know, you need to look intently, the Bible says, look intently into the Word of God and, and start to see yourself as you really are, which is what the Bible does. It, this is the way you really are. This is your life. This is who you are. And the reflection of that. Look carefully, James says, and do what it, do what it says. Don't just talk a good game. And, and do this over a sustained period of time because that will change you and it will form you as you bring gospel truth into your life. This is the ultimate source of wisdom as we've looked at that wisdom pyramid. But there is knowledge and there is wisdom. Knowledge, we've got lots of knowledge, 
But wisdom is how to implement knowledge. Wisdom is how to do it. Wisdom is living well. And an important question to ask yourself when reading the Bible, when listening to the Bible, when listening to a sermon, is the YBH question, yes, but how? And sometimes it's just one thing. It's just one thing that God is calling us to do. Just one small change that will make a big difference in our lives. A one degree alteration in course over time will get you to a whole different destination. And sometimes we think, it's just a small change, but if I make it over time, if every morning, instead of looking at my phone, I get up and I read the Bible for 10 minutes, or if every day I do this, or I'm going to stop yelling at people in traffic, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a tighter rein on my tongue, I'm going to I'm going I'm, I'm to do what the Bible is telling me to. I'm going to look intently into the Word of God. Just a one-degree alteration, of course, over time will bring you to a very different destination. And James finishes this section by giving us some very specific examples. So he's saying, this is what true religion looks like. So don't just talk your game. Don't just read your Bibles and do your Bible studies. This is what true religion looks like, he says. And he gives us some for instances, what it is to react to the word of God. So he says in verses 26 and 27, he said, if you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. And pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Here are some very practical outworkings, James says. If you want to live out your faith, you're going to look out for the disenfranchised and those on the periphery and and those that are powerless and those that are helpless, and you're going to help them. You're going to live out your faith. You're going to put legs on and hands on, and you're going to do it in a real way. A lived-out faith will watch your tongue. A lived-out faith will control your speech and your social media output. It will watch and avoid nasty put-downs and foul-mouthed rants. It will mean controlling your tongue and, and watching out for the marginalized and the helpless and the weak, like the widows and the orphans and people who are on their own and people who have lost loved ones and real faith will look out for these people. And we're challenged, we're challenged by James to do that and to avoid being polluted by the world, to live differently, not to follow the crowd in doing wrong to be set apart once. Here are some big YBHs, some yes but hows of this passage, some specific. Faith, James says, and he says it throughout his letter, faith has legs. Faith is real. Faith is visible. Faith is specific. It can be seen in action. It's a doing word. So James says to us, he says, be a man or a woman of action. Don't procrastinate. Don't pontificate. Don't just talk a good game, just do it. Get in the game, roll your sleeves up. And how would that work with this message? Are you just going to hear it? Or are you going to do something with the word that you've received? There are several possible points of application for us here in this passage. We are to do it. We are to rid ourselves of some of the anger, of some of the moral 
filth or some of the evil. Take it off. Change it. We're to receive with a sense of humility, a deep sense of humility. We're to receive the implanted word of God. Are you going to be that kind of soil? Wayne Cudero says when he's looking to teach people in his church, he always looks for the fat people. Those that are faithful, those that are available, and those that are teachable. And there are those of us that can receive with humility and meekness the word of God. And don't flip over it, but research it. Look intently into it. Welcome it. Welcome the word of God. Let it dwell richly in your heart. Imbibe it. Be saturated with it. Sit with it in the daytime. Think about it at night. Meditate on it day and night. The Bible says you're going to be so fruitful if you live life like that. And react to it. Don't Let's not fool ourselves into being professional Christians and Bible study attenders. One of the reasons I wanted our small groups to talk application, and not necessarily, I know we don't all do this, and we, and we do various things, but sometimes I think, yeah, we, we teach the word on Sunday, and I think, I think do we apply it? Are we, apply, are we living it out? So sometimes we go into our small groups, and then we study something else, and we study something else, and the, one of the reasons back in the day we said, let's talk about the Sunday teaching and let's apply, apply, apply. How am I going to live this out? Because that's where it's at. And sometimes, as I said, I think we flit too quickly from one subject to the next, to the next, to the next. It's not that we need to know more. It's that we need to live out what we already know. So this is an incredibly rich, practical teaching of James for us. And... What I hope that we'll do, I hope that we'll get into this rhythm of grace. I hope that we will be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I hope that we will rid ourselves of moral filth and evil. We'll receive the word of God with humility. We'll research it and we'll react to it and do what it says. I'm going to pray for us now. And uh, just think for a moment, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> What am I going to do with this word that I've just heard? Is it going to be in one ear, out the other? How am I going to live this out this week? Think of one thing for a few moments. I'll give you a few moments silence and sit where you are and think, how am I going to live this out this week? One thing I'm going to do in response to the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus, that you talked to us about this seed, this amazing seed of the word of God. Father, make our hearts soft. Make the soil of our hearts soft. Maybe tomorrow, for some of us, yeah, means actually tonight when we get home, we'll place our Bible ready by our bedside, open, ready to read it in the morning. We kind of go with intent to sleep that we're going to start our day with you in your word. We'll go into this week this, with the intention, God, of 
yeah, just keeping a tight rein on our words and our anger. We will be those kind of listeners that are just so good at listening to people, quick to listen, inquisitive, always learning from others. Humble conversationalists. Lord, we will rid ourselves of, of the sin that so easily entangles us and get rid of it, take it off and delve deeply into your word. We'll take time in front of the mirror of your word and look intently at what we see and learn and change. We'll continue to do this. It won't be a one-off. It won't just be this week or this month. We're going to continue to do this and we'll find that we're transformed. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would take these words and cause them to produce fruit and life and love in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.